What's going on, guys? Welcome into the Fortress of Comic 2 podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. I'm Skizzabit. Oh, Skizzabit. Great episode. <laughs> oh, uh, it's Kylie. <laughs> it's Kelly. 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 Or as my phone likes to call you, Miley. Really? Yeah. Miley. Always, it always autocorrects to it Miley. Oh, okay. It's, it's like, why change it? We know who it is. Oh, Miley. Yeah. Good old Miley. <laughs> he did come in like a wrecking ball <laughs> to this podcast. Um, this is Watchmen, issue number two of our 12 issue by issue analyses oh, I'm, of, I'm of Watchmen. Um, yes. Okay, so Watchmen, issue one. I'm assuming you listened to the previous episode or at least you've read Watchmen and you don't have to, we don't have to do any sort of a recap for issue one because the story's 40 years old and you should know it by now. <laughs> This is issue two. Obviously, it's written by a guy that doesn't want to be named and drawn by Dave Gibbons. It's the writer. Oh, that's right. The writer. Is that what we agreed to call him? The ri- that's right. Yeah. The it writer. The writer. That's right. <laughs> grab, feel free to grab your book and follow along. It's and written, when you hear the sound of Tinkerbell's by, wand, turn the page. It's written by Morris <laughs> Allen. <laughs> what was it? What did it sound like? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. I feel like it would be like a ting ting ting. I don't know. Did you never listen to those Disney? No. Thing? Oh, my God. What? That little thing I just said. Like when you oh. put a Disney record on, to you have the little and book, you have the book to go Oh, yeah. They'd be like, and it's like when you hear to read Tinkerbell's the page. Oh, yeah. one, turn the page. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have any of those? No. Ours were cassette tapes by the time we came around. but <laughs> I think I had a couple cassette tapes. Okay. Ours were like little 45. Yeah. Did you like a Winnie the Pooh book or something to read along with? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I, I listen That is not Harry this, so don't, so don't <laughs> wait for those. I'm sorry. Follow along with your with us with your book, kids. I got older. It, it made me motion sickness. It made my me have motion me, sickness. My what? dad read me The Hobbit and J.R. Tolkien's yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings when I yeah. was a kid. So. It was long car rides and we would listen to Harry Potter and I would always get motion sickness. Harry Ooh, Potter. Sorry. Motion sickness. So if I listen to Harry Potter, Harry Potter <laughs> I get sick. It's also notable <laughs> that Mary is reading Watchmen for the first time and has only read the first two issues after this point. Yeah. So oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. just kidding. But, so Mary, <laughs> so has, only, like, Mary has read <laughs> two issues of Watchmen and nothing else. It's terrible. It's terrible. that's terrible, terrible, man. It's just terrible. terrible. <laughs> okay. Um, Lori gets uh, teleported to California to be with her mother while John and or AKA Doctor Manhattan goes to the comedian's funeral, who was killed in the previous issue. Um, a lot of this issue Hello, circles is on the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> focuses on the funeral plus kind of flashbacks of the comedian. Oh, it's it's flashbacks from all the different characters' points of like d- different times of sure. you know these different stories. Yeah, we get to see a bunch of different stages of his life. It's it's very good. Um, like Mary kind of joked too. I I cue the Simon Garfunkel. Oh yeah, from the movie. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, that's what I think of the funeral from the Watchmen. That's movie. what I think of. Um. So Lori is with with her mom Sally Jupiter, and I like that she Lori is like laziness isn't an illness, mom. <laughs> I also like how she tries to hide the fact that that he's going to the comedian's funeral. Yeah, and oh, it's just a it's a work it's a, it's thing. A thing. It's a, like, and she's like, oh, she's, she's going to his funeral. Yeah. I've read it in the newspapers. She's like, they made him get dressed up and everything. <laughs> they made him put clothes on. 
Um, two issues in, still no blue penis to this point. No. We have not seen a blue penis yet. They're not holding yet. off for that third issue. Maybe that's maybe the third <laughs> issue is. And again, as you know, when the first appearance is, don't spoil it because we're taking this one issue at a time. <laughs> so I, I just, I just want, I just want it to happen he when it happens. It. Can't I, like we're taking it one. I'm inch. waiting for it. <laughs> one inch at a time. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. First time reading yeah. it, haven't seen blue penis yet. Get ready to take it all in. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's not that exciting. No. Yes, yeah, not it's really. <laughs> I mean, how exciting can they be? Really? True. Okay. <laughs> you would have thought a man of his stature. Never mind. I see a lot of boobs. <laughs> well, yeah. Pictures of boobs. Yeah, they're like off in the distance, though. Yeah, no, it's just boobs. They're never the like difference. boobs. It's more like, hey, look, here's some stuff, and then there's some boobs back there. It's like, yeah. Some, but they're like pinpoint boobs. Little boobs. But boob for 1985, though, that was probably pretty... Uh, Risque. Yeah, like in a comic, in a DC comic oh, from yeah. 1985. Well, I mean, this one's got... Or 86. This one's got the 9 out of 10 in it. The 9 out of... Oh, <laughs> I knew that was going to come up, too. I, I have a rebuttal for that. I wasn't oh, going to bring it up. Back. He's going to protect his 9 out of 10 statement. I, I wasn't going to say anything unless you said something, but I also had no doubt that you were going to say something. <laughs> I'm glad I'm so predictable. He's prepared. Oh. He's been thinking about this ever since. <laughs> No, but as I was reading it, I was like, oh, crap, this is going to come up. Is this the one? The one? <sighs> yes, it is. And I will explain why. So uh, this is where I've been so indoctrinated by the movie and by reading the book before. I know the gentleman holding the sign. Is Rorschach, uh -huh. yeah. But, Walter Kovacs. But I, I don't think we... It wasn't necessarily pointed out in the book in issue one right if you were no, you, you don't know until okay. he gets so unmasked that's why i kept kind of i like to see him at the front in the very first page i think it's the middle panel you just kind of get the sign because it was talking about all the people being there but rorschach is there he's just and then he also has there. his own private uh pay of respects later yeah. yeah but it's just a curious thing because now i just it's so as a reader it's really hard for me that reveal you would probably have gone back and read all your issues i think that's uh, yeah. one of the fun things about this going back is you do see these things yeah like, and okay. so it's kind of like harder for me where you know why this character why do you keep focusing on this character and then but now i've it's been so long and i've the movie but it's pretty cool he he it did well yeah because he's kind of this character that you just happen to see from time to time yeah. like he's always there but they never make a big deal about him being there it's like, like he's just the crazy doomsayer in the background which fits in with kind of the tone of the book anyway, so that's why you don't question it, right? Because you're just like, well, And yeah. I did like that one him. shot with everybody by the grave, and it was really well correlated in the movie. I like the way uh, Sally Jupiter brings up this, like, hey, do you remember that guy who used to write me letters? And she goes, that one that you, you sold your old costume to, whatever? I was like, yeah, look what he sent me, this old collectible. They used, no, to, do these, porno. They used to do these old porno comics in the 30s and 40s. She's like, mother, this is disgusting. <laughs> There's the distant boobs. Flashback. Distant to boobs. the good old days. Yeah, we get the, <laughs> yeah, okay. the good old days. Let's go one out of That's ten. That's what she said. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, she goes, She goes. as the future I see becomes darker and darker, the past just gets brighter. Well, and you... Well, and then you see her flashback, and you're like, this is what you look back on fondly? At this point in your yeah. life? I think, That's I think sad. It's, 
I don't think it's necessarily the this incident per se, but I think it's the time where she felt valuable because she was doing something that she felt mad. You know what I mean? She was active. She was out. A but they're but they're not. And, this is this is the story of them kind of like they're wanting to get another group together because the Minutemen are done and not yet. Comedian. This is the Minutemen. Still. Oh, this is, is this the Minutemen. Yeah, this is oh, the okay. Minutemen still. Oh, this, I'm um, thinking this of a, I'm thinking of another flashback. This is flashback. a nine out of ten um, moment right yeah. here. <laughs> This is the if you if you watch if you watch the movie and see the opening credits of the movie, they show them taking the picture here. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. that. So this is kind of a cool callback to that of well, the original I think, Minutemen. I think um, it's a very awkward as generations go by and read this. I think it's really awkward to to look at this and go whether or not she's thinking of something positive or negative. As we all get older. Um, the things we did in the past and as as the youth, I guess, mm-hmm. our youth, that was the time of our lives, right? I mean, she is looking back and seeing how glitzy and glamorous and she's looking forward to death. Mm-hmm. And so, she kind of explains, too, because Lori tells her, like, how could you ever, like, even think somewhat fondly of someone who did that to you? And she goes, eh, as you get older, you start to notice that you just don't give a shit about things as much anymore, mm-hmm. which... I would argue you should still, but yeah. I mean, I, I can kind of understand that mentality. Like, I, I'm definitely not going to call rape a little thing, but I can understand I, as you would get older, little things don't bother you as much as they did when you were younger. Well, and I, but I don't think I'm this glad qualifies. you prefaced it that way, or yeah. I would have been all over that. No, I don't think this qualifies, <laughs> but I think her mentality is relatable. I just don't yeah. think this is a good example of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think its perspective is uh, maybe. Again, it depends on the depiction of the movie versus this and how much. I mean, there is no, throughout this whole issue, there's no real redeeming quality of the comedian. I mean, you don't get Mm -hmm. like that. Number one, the guy on the movie is just absolutely gorgeous, but there is really no. We're not talking about the movie, though. I know, but he was very handsome. But there's not. We we kind of did a lot of contrast in the first issue, too, that we brought up. But it's not a lot of redeeming quality, but he's one of those characters of true. There's slight, slight at the end. Um, That, that golden age i guess we're gonna call it that Minutemen comedian costume is fucking awful oh yeah oh it is bad it's like he's a little a he's clown like a radioactive man. like <laughs> hazard suit <laughs> it's real bad um so the, so the Minutemen, i'll take this picture like hey yeah we're all gonna meet back up at the owl cave for beers and uh sally's like i'll meet you guys out there i just need to get changed and then of course while she's getting changed the comedian's like hey hey She's like, what are you doing in here? You knew I was getting changed. And uh, he's like, exactly. He goes, I know what you need, kind of a deal. Um, and then he uh, proceeds to make a move on her. She smartly, like, gouges his face. Yeah. yeah. She Again, is a superhero. This fucking comic book came out in 1986, dude. Like, DC fucking published this in 1986. Like, looking back on this now, I'm like, dude, this is pretty hardcore, even for now. Like, if this came out in a comic book next Wednesday, I'm like, damn. Like... It, it, it's and it's more relevant than ever because the comedian even tells her like like I know what you need especially wearing an outfit like that you know what I mean obviously you're looking for something and then she says no and he says no spelled y e y e and then yeah before and then he she's like fuck it, you buddy it in the fucking face so he punches her in the gut and then he fucking like cracks her face open like breaks her nose or at least punches her nose either way she's bleeding from her face and then he. Yeah, it looks um, like she's bleeding out of her mouth. He probably smacked her pretty good. And he kicked her while mm-hmm. she's down. Now, now that's we're too, what you do for women. 
I, I, I don't know. How did you guys take this um, at the beginning? Like when you, I mean, because I saw the movie first. But I mean, the movie plays out basically the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was led to believe, or at least the way I, I took it in the first time, was that I was led to believe that he didn't rape her here that like they stopped him before he could and then that you found out later that no he actually did or did you guys already assume because like even the way this reads it seems like he the guy shows up pretty quickly to stop him like i i I don't know because there's this panel down here where that's the one that's that's the one that makes me question like is 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 there penetration at this point right here sure because the way it's kind of off kilter Mm -hmm. there okay it's 50-50, really. They could have done it either way. I took it as an attempted rape, and then once you find out Lori's past, then you go, oh, no, then obviously it wasn't. You could have gone either way. Okay, I just didn't know if you guys if you guys got that he actually had sex with her here or not. Well, I mean, he is yanking up his pants in the next one, so... Yeah, but I thought it was, like, the early... Like, he was pulling his <laughs> pants early down stages. to... Yeah, like, I, I figured he still... Because, yeah. like, you can see his pants aren't down here, right? Like, you can still see... Sometimes all you need is a zipper down. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. But, no, I just say, uh, it's... You could elude either way, but they left it... Well, it was well played for where they were building this to go. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, comedian's a sick bastard, too, where he's like, is this what you like, huh? Is this what gets you hot? And it's like, what a fucking psychopath. <laughs> oh. He, I mean, he he does what he does. I mean, that's the character he is at this particular juncture. Mm-hmm. However, you got to give the dick, uh, dick face uh, hood of justice a little credit for his uh, very nice comments, too. Oh, yeah, like he rescues her and he's like, for God's sake. Come on. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, God damn. I thought he was going to kick the comedian and I'd be like, no, it's my turn. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> this isn't the boys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the 1930s, for God's sake. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Um, as far as the whole, like, just because, just so, in, in all fairness, before I get shit, and it. Uh, as far as the 9 out of 10 thing goes. It's still bugging him? A little bit. This one, to me, it's crucial to the story because it comes back to play later in a big way. Oh, yeah. Versus the, if anyone doesn't remember, this is something that we talked about, the Lock and Key book. Oh, where it's killing him. He's really upset <laughs> by this. Where uh, I, I made a comment that uh, <laughs> I, I usually don't care for rape it's in, not inserted a, in stories. It's not appropriate. Just let it go, dude. Yeah, that's fine. But no, I I think no. um, But my my whole argument was that I think you have to have a a a good reason for it to be there. This one I think has a a story reason to be there, whereas the lock and key one, it's not a part of the story. It's just we're wanting to show you that this is a bad dude. But I think if you remove that scene, he's still a bad dude. He's just maybe a worse dude, I guess, at that point. Like this one needs to happen for the story to go the way that it goes. But the trick comes into is even in Lock and Key, I'll argue that it was not as it was implied. Oh yeah, true. This is actually shown, so sure, which is sure. worse for rare in a way. But it's story based more than like I feel like shock based, I guess, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I have to make a comment that I think oh, no. Dr. Manhattan's outfit is hilarious. It's like his, oh, his, his like original Watchmen outfit. And I, I like in this... Um, <laughs> just why? Why would you wear that outfit? Because his wife probably... But I do like the... You could tell right away in the next panel, however, 
um, just the little nuances of him hitting on the chick, but not really hitting on her. It's very sure. I love the uh, the line here from Sally that gets delivered beautifully in the movie where Laurie says, like, oh, mother or whatever. And she goes, how come you only call me mother when you're mad at me? <laughs> well, and I kind of dig, like, the, uh, again, they interplayed the shots and the, the language between the panels mm-hmm. from past, present. I love the way the they funeral. set up the flashbook flashbacks where it's, like, the yeah. person's face. And then they do it again yeah. with Dr. Manhattan later where it's, like, the same panel basically back to back, but it's, like, present and past. They did a good job with that. In the movie, did we ever hear Rorschach talk normally? They don't do it as well. That's one of the things I'm going to give the comic over the movie. Because I I'm was actually, very surprised I'm that Rorschach that I was like, brought that he's up. talking normally. Yeah, like in, in this flashback, this original Watchmen flashback, there's a panel here where Watchmen doesn't, or where Watchmen, oh. where Rorschach doesn't speak in like his normal speech pattern. And you can tell he looks cleaner. Like when you look at him in the, the artwork here and stuff, he doesn't look as mangy, as dirty. But they bring it up. In the, exactly. And they, yeah, they make a comment. They, they, they talk about like he hasn't been the same since that kidnapping. When but I don't think yeah. they mentioned but, that even in, in the movie at all. Isn't no, it just his, I, I, I his own think, flashback? Yeah, and I don't think Rorschach mm, speaks think right. in this scene. I mean, they bring that kidnapping thing up in the movie. No, definitely. But yeah. I don't, I don't but think I don't they think show you the version of Rorschach no, before he was fucked no. up. Yeah. So I actually no, like... No, they imply that he's... I like that contrast I where like... Was, he was always that way. As we know that Rorschach... That happened before he became Rorschach. Like mm-hmm. when he was like up and coming Rorschach. Like like this Rorschach speaks in like more full sentences and he's a little more versed. Like the Rorschach we know speaks in that very cleaner. short speech yeah. pattern where well, it's clearly like one you or can two words at a time. And like I say, yeah, he just looks cleaner. They even make a point to make sure that they show you he has a white shirt underneath just to kind of show you like, look, he's nice and clean. Yeah. Um, I just I just enjoyed that. I'm like, oh, they're kind of showing you who he was before the uh, the incident here. Um, the incident. This isn't Marvel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the first panel right here i loved it already because it's not blatant but it's you can tell like she's smiling kind of like cute little girl and he's kind of looking over a little bit but if you see her nasty oh it's brilliant because it's not really sure it's not blatant but you can tell he's like and we just gave we just gave a point to the comic that's another one i'll actually think i'll give a point to the movie for that i think it does a really good in that scene too where they kind of show him kind of looking at each other a little bit um they're kind of talking about like this is going to be our new team and this is what we're going to kind of do and uh (laughs) alan moore just basically becomes the comedian right here where he's like it's all a bunch of bullshit yeah Uh, it like he's saying like it doesn't matter he's like the the problems of the world now are beyond what fucking vigilantes can do what are you gonna do like you're gonna go out in the street and stop a couple fucking muggers that doesn't stop the freaking like nuclear war that we're on the verge of and like like basically what he's saying is like you you can't make a big enough impact anymore to really make a difference and uh he like burns up their whole fucking diagram thing and walks away (laughs) Fuck you diagram and that gives like, man, that's I a think flex. Um, it's the uh foreshadowing to everything and that's what I kinda You see you gotta the, give him props to the writing because oh, it yeah. sets And he's exactly bittering, right? Like he you see him kind of becoming He knew the story right at this point. And I love the last two panels where it says somebody has to save the world and you've got Ozzy right in the forefront and then it shows him now yeah. at the funeral and it's exactly. like oh i love the this way is this, the, this is the guy who's gonna up. save the world 
Maybe oh, he gave him I, the okay. idea. Yeah, that, that's, oh, that, yeah that, no. that he's, I think right there he's getting the idea. He set of, the stage up, right? Yeah. That's so up. if you think about it, the comedian like set up his own death right there. I love the way they set up the flashbacks again here where it's like Dr. Manhattan, then boom to the past. But like the, the panel is laid out the exact same way. Yeah. Um, is this better outfit for you? Is it? Is it? The Speedo? Come on, Mary. I actually like him in the suit and tie. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I was like it looks, it, he actually kind of pulls it off. Um, I love this scene too, especially in the movie. It's one of my favorite scenes of the movie is them in Vietnam. It sucks that we don't get the like bum 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 destroying people, like we get in the movie. But uh, comedian and and Doctor Manhattan are hanging out in the bar or whatever. And again, kind of like Mary brought up, as we mentioned, we see how the characters have changed with Rorschach in the previous flashback. In this flashback, you kind of get to see because the Doctor Manhattan that we follow for most of the story, he's very indifferent about everything but yes. even even in, in in this one he kind of shows a little humanity though like really he, this is where he starts this is where he was losing like that humanity like he's though. talking yeah, about yeah, like yeah. oh i guess that must mean something to them or whatever like usually he could care less of whatever people care about it you know what i mean and then he he has somewhat of an emotional response to what the comedian does to the woman later on somewhat but like I, we, we, I, I, I like i like him. how comedian kind of explains it to him like i've been watching you and you just don't but care it provides anymore. an explanation of how he becomes how he is now though where it's like okay nothing matters yeah but like it's just kind of that thing of like we saw how rorschach was this is how dr manhattan used to be at least like he was still somewhat human yeah. versus the completely binary guy that we have now that just speaks in ones and zeros I think this is the considering he doesn't quantify time i think at this stage he's basically i would say he's lost all humanity i would say until at this point i would think so because there's so much stuff that happens right here that he could he's done with it he could fix or change or make right but he still has that sliver of morality by the fact that he's like wait a minute don't and obviously, like, again, he could have stopped him, but he doesn't. But it's the fact that he at least thinks, like, wait a minute, this isn't right. Versus, like, the the, the Dr. Manhattan we follow in the present time of the story wouldn't have said anything, probably. It's like, who cares? Like, the lives of humans and their entanglements don't affect me in any way, shape, or form. You know? Um, if you will note, she hit the same side as his face as uh, she did scratching him. It's oh, the same true, cutty yeah. cut cut. So um, yeah, this woman shows up to the bar and she's basically like, "What's gonna happen it. now?" And he's like, "I'm leaving your." He, <laughs> in the movie, I think he calls it a shithole country. Yeah. In, in here, I think he just says crummy country. Um, but he's like, "I'm leaving. I'm going back to America." And she's obviously pregnant. And she's like, "You can't just turn your back on. You know, you can't. You can think you can forget, but I can't. I what's growing inside of me can't forget, and I don't think you'll forget either." And um, Bold move on her part to smash the bottle and fucking hit him in the face with it. I'm oh, gonna yeah. give her some credit for that. It was the last thing she ever did. Yeah, but but she pulled it off. Um, the uh, the comedian's uh, line here is really awesome. Where you know Doctor Manhattan's like, you know, she was pregnant and you know you gunned her down, and he's like, yeah, but you know what, you let it happen. You know, he says you could have changed the sun, the gun into steam or the bullets into mercury, the bottle into snowflakes. You could have done either of those things, but you didn't. Yeah. Um, so well, that, that's what it's kind of like. I, who are you to you know kind of come in here and tell me what I should be doing? Yeah, and going back to him, kind of going like you know you're you're kind of losing touch and everything. And I like how he just kind of turns around and he's looking at the dead lady that's pregnant. And he's he is literally just kind of thinking like, hmm, am, am I, am I really, yeah, out of touch? 
And now he's looking at the community, communities, comedians. And then again, we get kind of the Doctor Manhattan basically positioned, you know, the same way. Yeah. Back to the present. I love the way they just kind of like come in and out of those flashbacks because it's a good way to let you know this is where it begins, this is where it ends. It's a good like storytelling method that the artwork just does really, really well. Um, yeah. Uh, I and then this is another one that's awesome. This is uh, Dan's flashback of the comedian, his memory of the comedian. This one they don't set up the same way, which is kind of a bummer that they did like the Ozymandias and the Doctor Manhattan one, and they didn't do yeah. it again here. I did like this. Uh... This, in the movie. this is another one that's like one of the best scenes of them. I mean, the movie's so fucking good. <laughs> oh god! If you want to hear a slobber over that movie, watch our. <laughs> it amazes uh, me. Listen to our podcast. People don't like the it. Book, man. She can't. Good hold lord! On to I, she looked like she was holding it, and then I she let it go, and she let her it go. Eyes, sir. Uh, yes, she did, and indeed she did. Um, the, uh, Night Owl and the comedian with his like BDSM mask yeah. on now. That mask is is pretty epic, and I'm glad they didn't keep it for the movie because the other guy's rather relatively handsome. But I do like the fact that it lessens his humanity like tenfold sure. in this. I think the uh, the going with the domino mask on Jeffrey Dean Morgan was probably the right way to go mm-hmm. for that. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. There, there's some there's a reason this choice was made here. And it, it does kind of work. And if everybody w- would have read the back part, they would have known even more. Oh, oh. Well, 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 you'll like let us what? know. Okay. I'll let you yeah, know. We'll, we'll Not really, but it's okay. I'll let you know. I did like they're, the they're fact that... To, oh, go ahead. This is the one. <laughs> My son is in the police. Is a police officer, you faggots. It's oh, like, I know. it doesn't add, but at the same time, it adds to it, but doesn't. And you're like... Because it shows kind of the, the ignorance and just the... But I don't know at the time, was it ignorance? Were they trying to like, because at this point in time, I don't know. Again, it's the television watchman that kind of We don't this want state. vigilantes. Yeah. We want cops. They're trying to stop this riot. Um, and the comedian is just not in the mood to deal with no, he is the not. public at all. Oh, yeah, he's not going to talk to him. He's just going to no. take he action. He throws a smoke bomb and he even threatens him that he has rubber bullets and stuff. And, uh, Owlman's the one that's like, whoa, whoa, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? <laughs> well, I think, in the, I think in the movie, he actually starts shooting people with the rubber bullets. Yeah, he does, yeah. Because I think we brought that up. They're like, is he just fucking kill people? And you're like, no, he has rubber bullets. He but he's like done with it all. Um, he also brings up tonight all that there's this keen act that they're trying to push through that we know will eventually end the costume vigilantes other than Rorschach. Um, and he breaks that kind of naive sense of you know what about the American dream and oh uh, that line mm-hmm. it, it, that's one of the ones that's better in the movie because like here it's it's kind of a throwaway a little bit I feel like it's not it like the way it's done in the movie where it's like you know what happened to the American dream it's like what happened to the American dream you're looking at it it came true you know like I, I don't know it's just that there's a little more weight on it. In the movie, and it might just be part of the performance, or maybe just because you get to hear it said versus it reading it. But I feel like it, it it hits a little harder for me in the movie. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, this is where it came from, so this has to be credited for providing the the work, right? Um. Dan still has the uh, the smiley face pin, and I like that he kind of tosses it into the to the grave. I thought that was kind of cool. Um. We got a bunch of the narration from the... Mary, what did you think about the burial versus the one on the movie? Needs more Simon and Garfunkel. Yep. <laughs> yes, it does. 
Anything about the... Damn it. An unknown person. The Moloch? Moloch. Moloch. I um, like the fact that he pops out of the fridge. It's such a Rorschach thing to do. It's yeah. like yeah. he had to move everything out of the damn fridge. Again, you know? but again, I'm sorry. Again, better in the movie because in the movie he opens the fridge and there's a piece of cardboard. Remember this that says has, behind you. This says behind you and it has yeah. the little Rorschach face on it. Yeah. <laughs> he turns around. I'm like, God damn it. I'm sorry, but that's better. <laughs> I just like how he can't help himself. Rorschach fucks with everybody, but... Moloch used to be a villain of theirs back in the day, and he yes. showed up to the comedian's funeral, and Rorschach wants to know why. Um, Specifically, he was more the comedian's villain. Yeah. 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 And um, he's, he's like, he's like, you know, why were you at the funeral? And <laughs> tell bad. us all of it. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. They're basically the same fucking voice, though. It's hard. Oh, yeah. He's like, you know, I just felt like I, I owed it to, you know, the comedian. He's like, how did you know Blake was the comedian? And oh, I didn't, sir. <laughs> Swear to he's me. Like, he's like, because he came to my house. He was drunk and crying, <laughs> sir. He was drunk and he came to my house and scared me. I love this scene, too, because it's the only, like, little bit of uh, comedian's humanity and sympathy and compassion yeah. that you get to see where That's he kind of breaks it. down. And, like, his whole philosophy of what he believed kind of failed him at the end where he was like, I always just played everything off. Like life's a fucking joke anyways, but like the joke's on me now at this point and there's nothing I can do. And he starts rambling off some pretty good little tidbits of things that are going to yeah. come into play later. Actually. <laughs> um, he's like, it's all a fucking joke, man. Did you, he's like, don't you got any fucking booze in this place? Do you think there's a purpose why they went from purple to orange? I think where he lives is a shitty little place, and there's probably like lights flashing on some side. I was wondering it's, if a train was going it's by. It's the Kenny Rogers Roasters across the, yeah. across yeah. the way. <laughs> I mean, do you want to know the real reason why they did it? Because that way every panel doesn't look the same, and you don't get bored looking at it? Do you want to know why you shouldn't say it that way? Jeez. <laughs> no, I was just... There may be some color And it's alternated, if you know. notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there may, yeah, like Mary said, maybe there might be some color theory in the play there. Well, I just kind of, you know, his, if I was that guy in bed, and this is why I keep pondering, if I was that guy in bed, I'd do exactly what he did. Just shut up, oh, listen, yeah. and he's sit like, there. He's like, I thought he was going to kill me. Yeah, just just sit there, dude. Don't do anything. Don't make any sudden moves. Sure. Um, it's just, here's like the uh, the most desperate version of a broken down man, you know? And I, I really enjoy seeing that because it's just not a version of that character we got to see up to that point. Yeah. You know, well, and you I think will. this is the only Yeah, I'm like, this is it. it. He's, he's a dick all the way up. Well, this is really the last time that. we ever really see Comedian, I think, right? That is like, true. This, we've this is the, the Comedian issue, basically. Yeah. This is kind of giving you and a think, good background of I him. I think the movie um, maybe played him up a little bit more to have, uh, to have more sympathy with the Comedian, but he was a, a bad guy up until the very end. I mean, you can justify him killing, you know, one kid versus mm-hmm. a lot of kids. I'm not sure which is worse or which is not. But I like he, that part as well, too, where he kind of breaks down where he's like, I've done a lot of like, bad yeah, shit. Like, yeah, he's like, I've shot kids in mom and I've, you know, killed women and stuff like that. But I never thought of something this bad. I don't know why. There's the there's this line right here. I hate it in the movie and I hate it here. I don't know why, but it's the whole part where he's like, I have cancer or whatever. Oh, the and kind goes, of cancer. Goes, what kind of cancer? He's like, you know that kind you eventually get better from? That ain't the kind I got. I'm like, hey, what kind of cancer do you eventually get better from? Number A one. lot of them do. Sorry. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
just by leaving it alone, you just no, eventually get better. No, chemo, but you okay. get better from but it. But there, there is terminal shit that you no, just sure. can't do anything but with. But that's the differences. Know? Yeah, but there's cancers that you get better. A from. lot of it's what stages it in when they find out you have it, right? It's just a line, dude. Mm. But no, there's some I think cancer. It's no, there's some that there's some that you can. You cat, you, they catch it, and it's Skin like cancer. you're just kind of screwed. Yeah. I just think it's a dumb line. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. I just well, don't. I don't you're think. Wrong. Any, I don't think anybody would say that. Like nine, nine out of ten times that yeah. line. No. <laughs> I just don't think that's something somebody would say. If they're Actually, like, "What kind of cancer do you have?" You would just be like, "Colon." You would be like, "You know that kind you like usually I've get rid from." A that ain't what that I got. Pancreatic cancer. I have butt cancer. No pancreatic cancer. You all know you're dying once you get pancreatic cancer. There's certain cancers you just know you're going to die from. I did not mind it so much, so I apologize. Okay. Is it leukemia hard to come back from? Is leukemia? leukemia? I think cancer just blows, honestly. Okay. Anyways, we a, can move on. We can Sorry. move there. <laughs> Anyways, um, I do like this character because it was he was almost the priest for the comedian in a way. Like he oh. kind of convinced uh, him. It's that last. He also you tells know, him, "I'll be watching mm-hmm. you." So the priest for the comedian for this, I don't think Rorschach really has a heart in general because even then he's like, I'll be uh, dropping a line to the uh, pharmacy company so you won't even get your goddamn drugs. Yeah, he's letting him have what he has left. He's like, but I'm making a note of this company and I'm going to turn him in. But um, yeah, I I mean, it's all in all, these characters are ultimately, it's like a sad dying breed is what you're reading. These people are Mm. dying off. This is one of the scenes in the movie that like really showcases how brilliant of a cinematographer Zack Snyder can be sometimes. Like the whole scene of Rorschach walking down the street with the prostitutes and stuff yelling at him. Like it's so beautifully shot and it's like in the rain and you have the narration over it. It's like it, it it's the parts of the movie that make Watchmen kind of feel like an artsy movie to a little yeah. bit, you know, but in a good way, not like in a pretentious way. But you get I like kind of her the, flipping them off. Rorschach's journal. Yeah. October sixteenth. 1985. She's trying to hit him up, and then he keeps walking, and she's like, well, fuck you. Especially in the movie, she's like, you, I think she calls him a fag in the movie Probably. or something, too, I think. Um, Rorschach has like one of his best like racist fucking lines. He always does. He's like, he's like, a lot of women are offering love, but not American love. American love is like Coke in a green bottle. They just don't make it yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so on brand for who this dude is. <laughs> He goes to the grave. Yeah, he gets. He has kind of because begin. He was at the funeral, but he was kind of incognito. He was. He was watching he things. Face. Yeah, he was watching stuff. <laughs> he was watching the Watchmen. Yeah, he he watched. He the watch- watches the oh, Watchmen. Shit, we Son solved bitch. it. Boom! Issue two solved. Because <laughs> this is the issue where they spray paint that yeah. on the side of the building too. Yeah. Fuck. Well, we don't even need to read anymore. We know who watched the Watchmen. <laughs> Ozymandias also watched The Watchmen because he has like 30 TVs. <laughs> um, yeah. I And then uh, I, I like this whole thing here. Again, the actor in the movie delivers it beautifully. The whole monologue of like, I heard a joke once. The whole Pagliacci so thing. Do you think um, they're giving him back? You, what, just... What's that smell? Cherry Banaka. Cherry Banaka. What? Oh, it's the Seinfeld reference for this show. Pagliacci. Oh, Pagliacci, the opera episode. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So I kind of dig this we part. Already, you already had a Kenny Rogers roaster, so I didn't think there well, was another one. Well, there was another one. one. Well, I, I wasn't was expecting one the Kenny Rogers. You got a twofer. <laughs> you got a so two. I do kind of like it that this is Rorschach. You never see Rorschach's kind of flashback, but I kind of dig the fact that Rorschach is, is kind of the guy that, I guess, a... 
you know, a hand for, or a, god damn it, damn you beer, a hand for an eye, or damn it, anyways. Eye for, eye an, eye. for an eye? Thank you, because if you hand notice, shut up, I have problems. <laughs> but if you notice every scene of his flashback of the comedian, every time the comedian gets it, it's he in, shows the next scene is how the comedian gave somebody pain as well. Exactly. So here he gets hit in the face. He gave the guy a hit the face. He gets smacked down. But it really does show all the times where the comedian, this equation of he may have deserved his ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Karma. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think Warshak ever gave an inch in the sense of his his memories were always so black and white, you know? Yeah. I love the line of, good joke, everybody laugh, snare drum. <laughs> like, I love it so much. Curtains. It was. Um, it's a beautiful page, too, all the ro- like the roses and everything. And, and the fact <sighs> that it ends with kind of that nice purplish blue, it's really nice. Dave Gibbons' art holds up in this book a lot, I think, dude. Like, it's, it's it still does, really it? strong. It's still a really strong looking book. Um, again, it's colored differently than modern comics are, so it still has kind of that older feel. But if I, I'm not, I'm not uh, advocating for having it recolored in any way. But I'm just saying, if you recolored it, I think the artwork would hold up that you wouldn't be able to really tell that much because the artwork is so good. Yeah, it wouldn't look like an older book so uh, so much. You know what I mean? Okay, so um, there's some <laughs> back matter here that nobody read but Aaron. <laughs> I totally spaced it because I'm. It's not that much. It's like three pages of Hollis Mason's book, which is titled "Under the Hood." It does give some interesting things and tones to the book, so I'll only bring up a few. He goes in and decides to choose his costume. There's a few funny stories of why he did not choose a cape versus not wearing a cape. Do they explain now? The guy who got caught in the yes. Okay, so he felt really bad. Caught in the twirly doors and he got shot because his cape was in there. And he talked about more like um. So many good Easter eggs in that movie, dude. Yeah, and he talked about like face masks and how he had to get his face mask just right because people you have to grab at it and everything. And then he kind of brings up silhouette, and it's kind of interesting. The male version of this is like women are just kind of like the silhouette you know how she did certain things lesbian you know yada yada a little bit more of a negative connotation but there was a moment where he explains that whatever you think that they had sexual hang-ups or whatever the case they did it because they thought they were going to make a difference so um an interesting thing though that really kind of puts a very weird kink on the hooded justice line to sally was that sally was actually possibly into the hooded justice they would hang out a lot they thought they were dating Mm. so the trick comes into is they knew she was beaten up he knew that the comedian like beat her up and he was soon out of that but she was supposedly dating a hood of justice. So if you were to think about men's reaction at that time about women and rape and everything, it was the woman's it's her fault. fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he says, get up, and for God's sakes, cover yourself, there is connotations that she's a slut. I blame her. There is that connotation. Which is, after re- yes. Which is, again, it's kind of that old school, old school mentality. Like, if you didn't dress the way you did, you wouldn't attract people yeah, like it's this a, it's a you brought it on yourself exactly yeah. but which it, that's a whole fucking thing that we don't need to is, get into but it's stupid well, we'll it's, leave it there 
it's wrong, but if you read the back of all the books, yes. I'm just saying. I am going to go home and read it, I swear. Oh, it's okay. It'll be my homework. Um, but <laughs> he's, he's not going to do that It was the no, way I'm he said, um, strangely enough, even though Sally would always be hanging onto his arms, which is hooded justice, he never seemed very interested in, and for some reason, it's in italics, in her. Well, I don't think if, I ever saw him kiss her, although maybe that was just because of his mask. I was anyway, going to say his, his lips are covered. This this gives us some information to the uh-huh. TV show. Yep, mm. it does. Because he it really? stated, oh, yes. uh-huh. Anyways, they started going out together sort oh. of after the first Minuteman Christmas party in 1939, which is the last time I can remember all of us having a really good time together. So I'm not sure if they really dated or whatnot, but it does, if they were dating, that connotation does put a little bit of a spin. He does mention that um, Hood of Justice was a racist, though, so that does make it a little problematic for the television series. Does it, or is it an act? It could be an act, but he does state that things were deteriorating. Sounds like Lindelof did some homework, huh? When they, they this did was, that this is the, he says this is the thing that wanted him to to do anything that he's ever done. He says, it. yes, some of us were politically extreme. Before Pearl Harbor, I heard, I heard Hood of Justice openly express approval for the activities of Hitler's Third Reich. Mm-hmm. And Captain Me- Metropolis... Metropolis. <laughs> Metropolis. <laughs> Metropolis. 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 <laughs> it's Metro. Sure. Polis, P-O-L-I-S, Metropolis. Metropolis. If you put the brave, (laughs) it would be a Metropolis. Anybody? Sounds like we're changing the sign again. Yes. Has gone on on record. I'll tell you the other day, there's one every every episode. It's it's usually an Aaron quote. I like to point out, no, it's not. It could be Metropolis. If you're not thinking about two words, Metropolis. 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 (laughs) Metropolis. That is Metropolis. What city does Superman live in? (laughs) But you, if you don't, if you saw, you you seeing like the and I think he's from Kansas. Because <laughs> <laughs> we look at it, you could say it's a Kans. Did you watch this, guys? Next, time. why is it not Arkansas? <laughs> it can be that, but I didn't read Arkansas. I read Metropolis. Has but even on. like. It's Metropolis. Okay. Metropolis. Metropolitan. Oh. No. Metropolis. What's the ice cream? N- Neapolitan? No. Captured- no. Neopolis. It doesn't know if Neapolitan had an IS. It would. I am not backing off on this, people. That's- Clearly Metropolis. Not. I'm owning it now. Metropolis. You should. Because Captain Metropolis is out there and he knows what all of you think of him. Let me start again. Captain Metropolis has gone on record as making statements about black and Hispanic Americans that have been viewed as both racially... Oh, stop it. What did I do that time? <laughs> All right, you hold said, on. What did you I said say? Black and Hispanic Americans. I did not. <laughs> yes, I said American. No, you didn't. Right. There was no A. Stop. It was American. Oh hold it. your stomach, Harry. Oh <laughs> Captain Metropolis <laughs> has gone on record as making statements about Black and Hispanic Americans. <sighs> 
that have been viewed as both racially prejudiced and inflammatory. Charges that is difficult to argue or deny. It was Captain Metropolis. Okay. Anyway, so there's a few things that could be difficult to either dig out of for the new television series or but he did state that he talked about Moloch and how things just kind of died off once Sally left kind of that she was indeed the Sally Juniper was kind of a little light Mm -hmm. what sorry Sorry, go on you know what Metropolis this is is to you all speaking of the HBO show if you listened to last week's episode you know that's Kylie and Aaron's number one comic book TV show of all time so high praise oh my god very good so good. It had Captain it's, it's, Metropolis it's good. all it's over good. it. Is Captain Metropolis in it? Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes, he is. Do they, what he's do they a call metro it? and he's a polis. I'm dying metro- to know. Now I need to go back and rewatch because, because I'm look. pretty sure it's not Metropolis. <laughs> you could. It's just I've a never matter seen of it and where I'm positive. you... It's okay, not. wait. It's the... What's the grammar term for having the beats and the words? And I know. Metronome? No, what's it when you have? Is it wait? Syllable. No. Yeah. No, if syllable. you didn't know, <laughs> syllable. Talking about <laughs> look, <laughs> Metropolis. Is there any terminology other than what you guys made up and heard? How do you know, as readers, that there would be certain syllabus in there? Yeah, I guess. It's, no. I don't know. Just going to school. <laughs> Someone is not getting love tonight. That's for damn sure. Oh. <laughs> Captain, I'm serious. Like, how do you guys? Okay. No, but how do you guys? I, no, I get what you're saying. Is if if you'd never heard it spoken before, Why how would you... how would you know how to say? Okay, so this is or you, you had only you've... ever heard it said but didn't know yeah, how it was spelled. Thank you guys. I just like like first... quinoa. Yeah, I, I used to say Ozymandias all the time instead yeah. of Ozymandias, but Ozymandias sounds a lot better. Have you ever tried to read Lord of the Rings and read Lord of the Rings as many no. times as I had? And then you hear someone actually pronounce the names right, and you're like, holy uh, that's crap, it. that's yeah. how yeah, Have you ever had something in your head for so long, and then oh, all of a sudden you, you hear it a different way? Like, yeah. I, I might have told this one before, but um, I love the the Jeff Johns run on Green Lantern, and especially when he expands the, the Lantern cords, you get the, the the Violet Lanterns, the Lanterns of Love, and anyway, they're like this other yeah, I, I, they're this other race of people. I always called them Zamorons. It's like Z A M A. R O N whatever. That's how I read it. No, apparently not. I've never heard a definitive one, but it's just Mm -hmm. it's just funny how different people interpret. I was listening to another podcast where they're talking about that, and they said they said Zamarans. Zamarans. Yeah. I was like, and when when he said it, I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, and then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, that's how he interpreted that word. I've never heard Jeff John say it, and he's the only opinion who that I give a fuck about. So So this is interesting. Last name, ready? M A. G E L. How would you pronounce it? Magel. Magel. Yeah. Magel. That'd be a short A, right? M-A- now I can't remember. You wouldn't say Magel. Magel. See, I would say J, and I'm Utah. And I Magel. 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 M A G E L. No, it's not that. And he let me do that for three years, and he finally told How, me, what "No, is it's it? it's Magel." And I was like, "What the fuck?" Magel is what I would say. Doctor Jake. Oh, Magel, okay. and it, I kept calling him Miguel because Dr. I have M.A. Jake Magel. Yeah, if you're listening, Magel. shout out. I, it really <laughs> pissed me off that someone let me like change 
for like years. I it's one of those things like it, uh, there's a small window. If somebody mispronounces your name, yeah. you have a very small yeah. window to correct them. Or and at that point, you have like, to just let it go because you'd be the like it'd be no, too awkward just, to correct them. No, he did correct me three years into it, and I laughed my butt off. Like, oh, you on. can't do that. At that point, he had to write it out. He <laughs> committed we were, to he committed to Miguel. We were working on a, a grant in my office, and he, I thought I made it pee his pants a little bit because usually I, just, I say son of a biscuit hmm. is my thing son hmm. of a biscuit but this time it was a really hard part where and i said oh, son of a whore i didn't realize i forget he's son behind and i thought he had never he's like are you kidding me did you just say that i said i'm so sorry he's all no that was hilarious that reminds like, me, there was a commercial a, a, a long time ago that a guy goes in for an interview and the guy's name that he's interviewing has he has a name plaque mm. And he keeps calling the guy dumbass. Yes, Mr. Dumbass. Yeah, Mr. Dumbass. Dumbass. And then at the end, he goes, it's Dumas. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Sorry about that. We went off there. Uh, Watchmen issue number two. Sure. Is your first time reading through What did you think? (laughs) I I think we did a rating for the... for the first issue, I don't really want to do that again because I think we kind of acknowledged at the end of the last one, like they're all going to be nines or tens probably because yeah. it's yeah. fucking Watchmen. Like, yeah. what did you think so about just, it? Yeah, just your thoughts. Okay, so let's be honest. Hers probably thoughts are much more better than ours because it was her first time reading it. So sure. did it hold up? To what? She's seen the movie, but she yeah, hasn't but, read the book. So. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think there were some things that they did in the book that, you know, they didn't do. Like that Rorschach thing that I had no idea. I was like, oh, that adds a little something more for me. Like knowing that he wasn't he always was this crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I really, I, that's the first time I've ever caught that, honestly, reading the book. I've read, this is my. You know, third I'll be time, honest, it, it's probably the first time I caught it too. Good but but I didn't notice it when I read it too. That I'm like, oh, like he's speaking like a pretty normal dude. So it's like his craziness developed over time. It wasn't like he was just always batshit crazy. So, anyways, yeah. go ahead. So just things like that, that I liked it. I, I can't say if I liked it more than the movie. What? I don't no, know what but you just, want just from me. no, just you what, like what me. do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want? Aaron, what are your thoughts on Watchmen number two? Uh, you know, it still held up to the first one. It it still kept its pace. The relevance and importance of this issue didn't feel any less than the relevance and importance of last issue. How about that? Mm-hmm. Like it kept its momentum, and I think. Some issues you wonder if they were just kind of like they had to get through a story. They had to add something just mm-hmm. to kind of get the next one. This one held up just as much so that as you're reading it, you felt you gained something from it. There was a purpose and a reason behind it. It wasn't a fluff issue. I think you could argue that this one maybe even is a little more focused. Because the the first issue has to introduce you to the characters and kind of set up the world. This issue kind of basically gets to be like, this is who the comedian was. Like, it's a little more yeah. streamlined and doesn't have to but do a, as much heavy lifting. I think you're right. But I think it had to set up that tone of um, where before you had the characters, I think this is setting up the tone of, I the, guess. The, it sets up the tone of the world because yeah, you get right? to like see that. the flashbacks of all these different eras. Just of how depressive yeah. of a fucking yeah. universe. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess you're right. It's setting up the pivotal, like, shit show yeah. that's coming. Where, where we were, what it's come to, how we got there kind okay. of thing. Um, yeah, basically that. Um, I really, because, I, like you, I when I have sat down to read this in the past, I have just read straight through. Um, it's a different reading experience. It, huh? Reading it an issue at a time, yeah. I I really I enjoyed this issue more because it it I don't know it it's the it's the comedian issue, and I never really looked at it that 
that part as a whole because they blend together yeah you you don't take it as like oh this is issue two and realize Mm -hmm. how perfect of an issue because really if you're a good writer every issue kind of has a beginning middle of an end even if it is a part of a bigger story Mm -hmm. and you see those little things when you read it one at a time yeah Mm -hmm. very good oh yeah I, yeah, I I dig that. I mean, it's fucking Watchmen, dude. But it's so good. There's all, I love all the flashback scenes. I think the the rape scene and stuff is incredibly bold for the 1980s and pretty pretty hardcore, Definitely. honestly. Like I said, I think that's something. If I read that in a book, I mean, DC wouldn't put that in the book today. Like, no. I think that's incredibly bold for them to have published really? this back in the day. Not, I mean, even Identity Crisis. I think they tiptoed around that a little bit. It's very implying. It, yeah. it's very, it, it is implied, hmm, okay. and they, they explain what happened, but it's not you as in your face anything, as watching. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a dude on top of a woman with his hat, pants pulled down yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? Like, th- yeah, this was very bold for 1986. So I really liked it. Um, I'm looking forward to issue three. This is going to be fun to actually take this one at a time. I'm really enjoying well, this, this process. Well, it does make you analyze it a little differently. Yeah. For sure. The artwork's amazing. Mm-hmm. Dave Gibbons is a boss. Nice Mary, colors. let's do some weekly picks. What should people be checking out this week? Uh, okay, so my weekly pick is going to be Kingdom. It's a show on Netflix. It's Korean, so oh, watch, okay. watch subtitles. <laughs> Guys, oh. Well. No, it is, it's a time piece, so it's like back in like uh, olden day Korea. Uh, horses were there. Medieval. <laughs> medieval. Ho- yeah, medieval. Ho- there you horses? go. Horses? Medieval Korea. Yeah, so anyways, just, yeah. The time. Miley's I just wanted talking. to set the time is like gotcha. that's their main you know, they had, travel they had horses back then. You know that's what, right. Miley? Oh. Together. What are these horses? The main <laughs> the main travel. Before they before Anyways, they speak. it's before a they... thriller zombie. Oh, no shit. Yeah, thing. So, it is so cool. These zombies are really different than what I've seen of zombies. They sleep during the day and they're only awake at night. Really? And they're fast kind of like ghouls yeah. not like the uh, like these they fucking are, guys they can are run. fast and they're terrifying uh like, like dawn of the dead remake zombies yeah they run sure. after your ass yep uh and it's like an instant like if you get bit it's like an instant you're a zombie now really oh, yeah so if they you, don't give if you, you an... eat a zombie like if you <laughs> i ate an infected person that oh. was a zombie and you didn't know you turn into a zombie you like start like you're throwing like, you're like up ingesting and, like, the virus like, yeah it's like yeah, a virus yep. yeah yeah gotcha it's really cool and it's coming back for a second season okay so there's one season out now one season out now six episodes about an hour long all of them okay it's about i think six the first hour, one is minute. a longer one that's not bad then so okay yeah. on netflix check it out aaron i just uh i don't know about you i just worked and lived my life there were so many things i don't think i have anything um, i just worked and lived my life oh it was so much uh <laughs> i love that going from why. from place to place and coming home uh i played a few video games on my tablet uh hung out <laughs> with my husband and I'll, pi- I'll pick one for us both because i don't think we've talked about it yet um Mac- well, mcmillions oh no but for me i guess for me oh, it's okay. a few seconds but i have to admit i i almost slept kylie sand alter carbon Oh, is yes. out and all of a sudden he goes yes. alter carbon it's out and i went what and he pulled up and i thought he was starting the episode and it was Ba-ba-ba-ba. thursday night i was starting the episode i was I, like I, you saw it but it was the trailer for it came out a little early apparently it dropped yesterday instead prior of today. shows so oh. we watched like 
caught up because we showed the episode. I, I, I hit play and, I, and we watched like the recap of season yeah. one and then I like started going into it and I'm like, I stopped it and I'm like, well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. She's like, oh, you son of a bitch. And then this is where I was like, well, I know you'll watch it again, so go for it. And he's like, no, I'll wait for you. I'm and that waiting. was like one of those like, oh, he loves me. He'll wait. <laughs> but I'm excited. Episode two. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, so dude. Good. There's a lot of things about Alter Carbon that I could see why maybe. Isn't it, um, what's his face, Anthony Mackie? He's in season two. Yeah, yeah. season two. But I think um, if you can, I don't know, but I know, though, that there's some shows people just, they're not into it. And it's kind of hard where you're like, but it's that goddamn hotel. It's I could brilliant. see how it would be a little hard to wrap your head around it a He's First calling off. you stupid. No, I'm not saying that at all. I could see that they're they're they're, <laughs> they're throwing you into a world and giving you hundreds and hundreds of years of stuff that has happened, and you're just like, you're, here, here you go. This is what this yeah. world is. And it's you're like, based on oh, books, okay. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do like that though. Is when up to a point, if you try to watch the German one that he, the time one, the German. She's the one who got me into that. Dark, yeah. Oh my good god, that thing sucked. Oh, it's so good. Oh my god, I was <laughs> you didn't just even watch it. Yeah, but the, trying to explain it. Now, Kylie me is a great relationship where I'll come in in certain episodes, and actually, that's how he got me to watch Battlestar Galactica because he's smart enough to just turn something on in front of me, and I'm like a child. Something flashy on a screen, I'll just stop halfway through, and then with Battlestar Galactica, I'm in the room, and all of a sudden, I slowly sit down on the, and then I start watching it with him. With the dark? Yeah, no. I was like, so wait, what time? And this one goes back 30, but this is not that person. It's 30 years, but this is the person from 30 years ago, and they go forward in the future. And I'm like, do I need a fucking map to do you this? Because I'm do. like, yes. fuck that there's, shit. There's, there's you some do. And if you can handle you, that. I don't like all that shit yeah, either. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, if, you can, if she can handle that. <laughs> Listen, uh, we're uh, just smart enough. There you no, okay. Okay, you know, like, I'll happily be done with But that. this is it. It's like, oh, yeah, no, and this one, Aaron. And now, and this is the best, he's all, get ready for season two. They're going back 60 more years. And I yeah. said, yeah, yeah, fuck that shit, dude. So now you're going <laughs> to have like the this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then you're going to have like the people that from the 60 years, from the 60 years, and then back. And I was like, yeah, no, fuck that shit. No, so if you can't handle Alter Carbon and you're the one who gave him dark, <laughs> screw you, man. Watch Alter Carbon. Kylie, talk so, about McMillions because oh I'm dying to watch it after you, you told me about it. Tell, tell the people about it because so I need to see this documentary. It's a documentary on HBO about... Um, how did they tout it like the biggest scandal you you've the never heard scandal of? You never heard. That's what you told us. It and it blew, it blew my it blew my mind. Like we watched it's they're hour long episodes, and I think there's at least oh, the, four or five out at the moment. Oh, I don't know how long so it's supposed to be. Crazy. But you find out like the that um, like years had gone by with the monopoly thing for McDonald's, and and somebody just gave a tip to the FBI going, "You need to look into this." And I and they think they gave him a couple names, like one or two names, and all they said. Take a look into it. Yeah. And and the FBI looked into it and was like, hey, all these people that no. are winning. Do you remember it was on a sticky note and it was a young FBI agent? It's in the middle yeah. of nowhere. And this young FBI agent kind of reminds me just a little of you, but not like totally because the guy is crazy young. And at first when you're telling the stories and then you find out the guy who's actually talking on the screen is FBI agent. It's like. 
hell? Yeah, for the first the first mm. half of the episode, you're he like, is so I don't know, I don't ba- know if I like this You were guy. saying the mob was rigging the Monopoly game, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. It was a uh, he was for years. Definitely. What is this on? HBO. HBO. Oh my god! Yeah. It is. And the FBI. Well, it, it is interesting hilarious. as hell. And that is that why the game doesn't exist anymore? Because McDonald's. No, I mean, no, they do Monopoly still. Mm-hmm. Do, do they? they? I haven't. Definitely, yeah. they haven't done it the last know. couple. I don't years. think I've seen it in a while. They I haven't even seen it. it. They even mentioned on the episode we were watching tonight that they've done it a few times. Have they? It's just yeah. not I as feel heavy like it's been a few years since because they used to be like an every summer thing. I thought, but it does really go back and show now. Even for you guys, I think it would be even better. Is it shows how they record things on the tape cassettes and how they had to listen. It's not digitally at all. It's what they did FBI-wise. It's so dark ages, I guess. But it's that damn FBI agent that's so adorable. He's all, yeah, I figured it was right. I need to wear my gold suit. So he put a, it's a full-on gold suit and he goes to this team meeting to sell himself at the team meeting and he's in this gold suit. And he's the most hilarious FBI yeah. agent I've ever seen. And he makes that show. And just you've because seen a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, yes. yes. I've watched a Actually, lot of TV yes. shows yeah. with FBI No, agents. he's one of those guys you look, you, you, like for the first half of that first episode, I'm like, I don't know what to mm. think about this guy. And then about five minutes after that thought, I'm like, I like this guy. Oh, he is. He's the best he's of this. But anyway, gotcha. that was my pick that Aaron talked about. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen here, Miley. Oh, <laughs> what's Tyler. your pick? Um, this week I read the third and final part of Superman Smashes the Clan, which is the best Superman nice. story DC's published in two years. Um, Why? Because Bendis didn't write it. Um, <laughs> no, no, um, because it's it's Superman. It's purely Superman. It, it's it's a Golden Age Superman. It's a adaptation of the old Superman radio show. Um, from the but it's twi- but it's done a little bit differently. Well, was it a, an actual radio yeah, show that they yeah, had done? Th- th- there this was there was an episode story? of the of the Superman radio show called Superman versus the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Oh, okay. and, you were talking about this one. Yeah, and so one. this is kind of an adaptation of that story, but also done a little bit differently. Okay. Um, and if if you never heard that, all those episodes are available. They've even done them as like podcast episodes that you could just archived you can just listen to all those i i beg you to listen to some of those just because they are entertaining for what they Does were he take them down oh yeah and it's superman but this is a show that's published under the dc kids um kind of label so it's more kind of like a ya is it is it ink or it, well those are gone Zoom or... They're, they're, it's just are DC they really kids now yeah, wow, that but, lasted, yeah they abandoned what, six those quickly yeah. like not even. <laughs> um but it doesn't f- it doesn't ever feel like it talks down to any to anybody or really like tries to dumb anything down. But I do think its message is simple enough that any age of kid could really understand it as long as they could read it. Like if you're old enough that you could read it, you're gonna get what they're trying to say. But there, I was really surprised um, how bold they go. The, the story now that we know the whole story, the base it basically follows this uh, Chinese family that moves to Metropolis. And so the, those are kind of your main characters. The, there's a daughter and a son. That they're like the, the two kids. Those they're kind of your POV characters for most of the story. Superman is new at this point, and it's in the 1940s. The story is set in the 1940s, and Superman is very much in his golden age kind of uniform. He can't fly. He can only leap great distances. He runs on power lines. It's all that shit. It's not mm-hmm. stop the universe, Superman. It's like he's stronger than the average guy, Superman. Right? Um, and there's this clan that like the they don't like that this Chinese family has moved into mm-hmm. their neighborhood and they're like 
burning a cross in their front yard chanting like one race one religion one race one religion you like outside of her house and everything and i was surprised how, how bold it got especially when superman steps in and he kind of takes down the leader of the clan and everything there's a part where the guy tells him he's like why are you fighting on their side you should be with us like and he says why are you protecting some chinks and i was like they put that wow. in the book man wow. and um and then obviously they find out Superman's an alien and they're like, well, we need to go after him too. And then the clan kind of goes. <laughs> Don't clan. No clan. No. <laughs> yeah. No it's, your limits. It's amazing. They put them out in these little kind of digest size novels because they're for kids. So they're a little bit smaller. They can hold them in their little um, hands. Yeah. And they did them in three parts. They're all fairly short. Um, I think they're going to do one trade, right? With all of it together yeah. at some point. I hope they do. If not, yeah, I it's have been the... solicited. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a month or so um, If you didn't pick up the one of the three parts... I, I, I would definitely recommend that you pick this trade up when it comes out because... It wasn't heavy-handed, you don't think? No, not at all. and Because it, it's very much a, like a, hey, racism sucks, basically. <laughs> That's basically the whole thing. But there's also a good arc for Superman in it, too, because I don't want to spoil too much of it. But like I mentioned a lot of the things that Superman can't do at the beginning of this that he can do at the end. They, like He kind of goes on an arc himself that like Aww. he kind of... because. The way they set up in the story, he doesn't know that he's Kryptonian at the beginning of it. And he discovers himself who he is and decided like he learns that he's been holding himself back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it's just a good, like solid, pure Superman story. And it's everything that is good about Superman, even if it's in a 1940s lens. So I definitely would would say pick that up. So, OK. All right. That was Watchmen number two. We'll be doing Watchmen number three here in a month or so from now. Next week is going to be Comic Book Club, which was Kylie's pick, which is the Star Wars with Tag and Bink. Tag and yeah, Bink, we're here. Oh, man. That's going to be fun next week. Yeah, it should be fun. It's a shorter book, too, so. Yeah. It'll be kind of nice. Um, you guys do Nerd Dome this week? Uh, no. Last minute it was canceled. Oh, fuck everybody, especially Charles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of save this for the end because this isn't something we normally do, so that way you can skip it if you don't want to listen to it. I do want to talk about the Dan DiDio thing a little bit just because I want to talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> because is this as a DC this, guy? Yeah, as this thing develops a little bit more. So at the time of this recording, Dan DiDio was fired on a Friday morning a week ago from today. Um, from what it sounds like, and again, we're st- people are still, you have to be smart enough to be able to kind of weave through what's being said and what we know, right? Um what's kind of being reported what but there it's it is being reported that this was pretty out of the blue it was pretty it was not one of those like hey these two parties mutually decided to kind of go their separate ways this was not that i don't think Hmm. um and i don't think and we've still yet to get a press release or any sort of a public statement from dc comics themselves they were supposed to have a panel at C2E2 this weekend, which they canceled, which was a publisher panel. Which, they which is knew. interesting because you were kind of excited to hear what they were going to say at C2E2. And obviously they didn't want to say anything, ah. so they canceled the whole fucking thing because they didn't want to put Jim Lee out there by himself. Um, Very interesting. My thoughts on Dan DiDio's time at DC. He was a senior editor for a long time. He started with DC in like 2003, but he wasn't publisher until 2010. So he still had a good almost 10 years worth of being the guy um he seemed like an incredibly nice dude i think he's a good like face of your company guy like mm-hmm. he's a good ambassador for comics it, he was the face of dc for a long time like when he, he was the dude you saw on all the shit like and he was really good at promoting the brand i 
I don't agree with all the decisions that were made, and I do think that DC needed a change. Um, again, as far as like celebrating that he's gone and everything, I think that was a little bit much, and that was kind of what uh, sparked some controversial stuff on Twitter with our Twitter account last weekend, if you followed some of that. Um, because I, I just didn't think that was in fair taste to be like, yeah, fuck this guy. I'm so glad he's gone. I do think it's a good change for DC, but I don't think we needed to kind of go about it in that way. Um, clearly, there was a clear change at one point where it seemed like DC had a model and where they were going. And it's pretty easy to point to June 2018, Diane Nelson is no longer president. Jeff John steps down as chief creative officer and leaves DC as far as like a Jeff Johns is no longer an employee of DC Comics, is no longer in the building. Jeff Johns left the company, went and formed an independent media company that now licenses stuff through DC or con is like he's like a contract. He's a freelancer now. Mm-hmm. He Jeff Johns is just a writer now. Um and you know, as we built towards Doomsday Clock, it seemed like all the books were referencing something like, oh, there's these years that are missing. Someone's been messing with stuff. Superman's like, who's Dr. Oz? It's connected to Dr. Manhattan. And then there was a point where shortly after Jeff Johns left, it was like, none of the books are referencing this stuff anymore. And then Doomsday Clock didn't affect anything else. And now since it's ended, I mean, it hasn't been ended for that long, but still has felt like it didn't affect anything else. It feels like it's very much kind of its own thing at this point and i it feels like at one point they just decided we don't want to do that anymore which is a damn shame which is a damn shame so i'll be curious to see where they go now what they do um i hope dan didio finds success somewhere else because i do think obviously he's a smart dude and knows again he's he's incredibly passionate dude you can tell he's really into it he's really motivated he was again just as far as a dude to have as the face of your brand i thought he was great he did a great job. I loved watching the panels and stuff that he would host. And, you know, he was just really engaging, I always felt. I'll be curious to see because I, I just, I can't imagine Jim Lee as sole publisher of DC is the is the plan. I just, I just don't believe that. I don't know if that's me not giving Jim Lee enough faith or credit, but I just don't think that's the plan. Um, I, again, there's been, you know, rumors, reports, whatever, that uh, a move for Jeff Johns to enter back into a, somewhat of a corporate job could be possible here but you also have to consider that why would he now because he's went and formed his own media company he's his own boss why would he come back and have exactly. bosses yeah. because there's still going to be a president and, a, and an editor-in-chief that would be over him at this point and plus he has to answer to warner mm-hmm. brothers and do all these other things so what's really in it for jeff johns to come back and be publisher if that was something he even wanted to do um bendis seems like a pretty likely candidate for that as well which i think could scare the hell out of a lot of people including myself um, but my, my main message I want to get to the listeners out there and I don't really want to and I, because the, the people that were tweeting and stuff last weekend none of them were people that I know regularly listen to this podcast and that's because I know you guys are smarter and I'm not saying you're smart because you listen to our show I'm not trying to be pretentious like that I'm just saying I, I know the people that listen to this show are good people and they're smarter people. The people that were tweeting stupid stuff are idiots and that are, but there is a lot of shit getting spread around right now that DC is going to be sold to Marvel or DC is going to be closing. If (laughs) 5g doesn't work out, whatever. Um, weird. I could waste my breath and tell you 
that none of that stuff is going to happen. But honestly, if you're taking advice from Ethan Van Skyver and Rob Liefeld, you're not smart enough to understand what I'm saying anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this guy worked at DC at one time, which means he must know what's going on in the company, even though he hasn't been there in a couple years. No, yeah, no. Van is a hack and would love for DC to go under because then he can blame it on... Well, it's when not. When you're hearing stuff like this, you have to keep in mind why what's in it for them to promote this kind of message ethan van skyver would love to say that see when you push this sjw agenda and you do this thing they got woke and they went broke is the is that's their catchphrase right you have to you have to keep those things in mind is what agenda could they be trying to push that would this that the information they're spreading would help right so tyler as an individual who used to be heavy into comics and Mm -hmm. now is extremely lazy and doesn't even watch news because (laughs) it makes them super depressed i can honestly say there is a common sense factor here that i think people really need to understand and when it comes down to it logic so logically marvel would never buy out dc it, in all honesty, because Marvel makes money. Meaning by, Disney, obviously, because that's that's right. the power at B that we would but be speaking they of. They make here. money of because of that dichotomy right or it, yeah, they love right? it. They it's like why Coke yeah. you, wouldn't you buy can't Pepsi. Have right, like you no. can't have Pepsi would never buy out Coke, even though everybody's like because they oh. couldn't afford it. Well, that <laughs> and the fact that you can't. It's like the this is so corny light and dark you can't have one without the other dc would not exist in some aspects without marvel marvel at this point Mm. in time would not exist without dc they're better battling off of each other right right? and so if you think about it if people are really concerned because i pulled up the interweb stuff and i Mm. typed in you know dc changes and there was an article and i have to admit i flipped by it giggling before you said people believe Marvel's going to buy DC, I laughed because I'm like, of course they're not. They they're not, but it. there are people out there that <laughs> well, are believing this because they're being told that by ex-creators oh. like Rob Liefeld and Ethan Van Skyver that don't All know right, yeah, anything. Yeah, no, guys, come on, logic um, here. They need the exactly. other people to D- pump and out DC's the work. not closing. DC's not going to start. Oh hell li- no! AT&T they're not going to start them. licensing their characters out to IDW, no. which was another fucking thing. That's Are been you going serious? Around. Huh. But and again, the, to us, this is like, well, yeah, of course not. There's oh, okay. people out there that are believing this stuff, and I wanted to make sure that we least said something about this and we don't really cover current events or talk about news True. on this podcast so that's why i put this at the end for people that don't want it the episode was over they could turn it off and in six months when this is irrelevant if you go back to listen to this episode you just end it before we start talking about any of this and you don't care um but it's just it, i think it could be good for dc i'd be curious to see where they go my opinion again is Jeff Johns would be the way to go, assuming that he wants the job. I don't know if he does, but I my I'm of the belief that every time DZ has been at its best, he is at the head creatively somewhere. Hmm. DC Rebirth was very much Jeff Johns like I'm gonna fix this thing and map out this whole thing and everything leads to Doomsday Clock. And we had a good year and a half, two years of DC where it's like you. I mean, there were still questions of what's in continuity and what's not, but you could, everybody seemed like they were working together. All the books were referencing each other, and they were all headed toward this common goal. And now it's like nothing references each other anymore. Bendis does what he wants. Tom King does what he wants. You know what I mean? It's 
Scott Snyder definitely does mm. whatever the fuck he wants. And uh, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I, I like feeling like the universe is connected to itself in some way. And we don't have that anymore because I don't think there's one guy with one vision at yeah. the top of it. So that's what I got to say about that. Next week's Comic Book Club, Tag and Bink. We'll be back here. Uh, thank you guys for joining us so much. We'll see you guys in a month from now doing Watchmen Issue 2. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mandy. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> You're Mandy? Oh, Miley. I'm oh, sorry. Miley. Oh, Miley. Oh, man. <laughs> Miley.